When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle, I'm here with Laura Heck. You know, at the top of every episode, I always say thank you for listening, and every once in a while I pause long enough to remember, like, I really am grateful. I'm grateful that you're here, I'm grateful that you're giving us our time and your attention. Um, it's not just a cliche that we utter, um, and I'm glad that you're focusing on your relationship. Today we're talking about gratitude and generosity, particularly in the face of the idea that basically everything we do is made up, um, and we have some options and some choices about what we make up. And uh, it's, a, it's, a really cool, it's a really cool chat. I'm excited about it. Uh, before we start, though, I do want to make one request. It's, a, it's, a, it's not quite a serious request, but it's a sincere request. I would love it if you would pause right now, go over to iTunes and uh, leave a review for Marriage Therapy Radio. Leave a five-star review for Marriage Therapy Radio. Tell us what you like about what we're doing, what we're getting right. If, you're, if you don't like the podcast, you don't, you don't have to listen to it. It's, it's a free thing, and there's no reason to waste your time on something you don't like. But if you if you want to let us know what you don't like, just shoot us an email or you know write us and tell us what you'd like to see more of. We want to meet you where you're at. We want to talk about the things that are interesting to you. So um, please do that. But adding reviews and adding positive reviews really helps us keep the lights on, helps us keep our sponsors, and uh, that makes it easier for Laura and I to keep going. Incidentally, another way to help us is to uh, purchase from our sponsors using our codes. Um, we have a sponsor of this episode, Factor. It's a meal plan service that I've newly discovered that I really enjoy. It makes it really easy for me to eat and run in the middle of a busy week. So uh, check them out for sure. We're just trying to figure out the best way to meet you where you're at while staying energized and excited about the podcast. This episode does that for me. Again, we talk about gratitude and generosity, which are huge on my heart right now. And I'm trying to, to, to explore that with clients. And Laura and I explore that together. I would, I would say in this episode, we meander for a little bit before we get into the meat of it, but I, I hope you'll consider that a feature, not a bug. We're trying to stumble through the world and through conversation like everybody else, and uh, occasionally we stumble on things that are actually kind of helpful, and I think we do that today. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I texted my my running coach yesterday mm-hmm. and told him immediately what had happened because there's expectations, and he wants to know if I'm not going to be able to meet my expectations. And so I shared with him that I, I heard a pop. And pops don't mean anything, right? Well, what did you actually do? I was, I was running with my pups through the wilderness yeah. like, a, like a goddess. And then, yeah. and then I was no longer a goddess. I was, but did it roll over? Did your ankle yeah, roll over? Yeah, I rolled it. I rolled it on the outside. So I, I, it, and you heard a pop? And I had headphones on and I heard a pop. That's where I was yeah, like, that must have been loud. That's probably not a break. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I don't think that's it's a pretty break standard. When, I sprained my ankle. Yeah, uh, experience. And then, uh, okay, so nobody knows what we're talking about. By the way, Laura thinks she maybe she broke her ankle. Yeah, I'm going to urgent care, which is not and my she's mad MO, about it. But I feel like a dumb dumb because every time I go, literally, the thing I thought of was just put on clean underwear, Laura. I don't know if they're going to see your underwear, but put them on. And then I looked at my legs and I was like, you cannot find a razor. I haven't been able to find a razor for the last two weeks because we moved. And now I'm staring at my legs and my broken toenails. And I'm like, oh, please, God, please let it be a hideous doctor. Because if it's a cute doctor, 
I'm going to have a real then tough time. Then what's going to happen? And then I'm just going to feel embarrassed that this person that's very attractive is staring at my unshaven legs. But you wouldn't feel embarrassed if a person who wasn't attractive was staring at your unshaven legs. I would feel probably embarrassed either way, but I don't know. I'm I'm not done living. Like I still I still want to look my best among people who are potential mates. Is that wrong to say in you know from one marriage therapist to another that I want to be I want to put my best foot forward, get it? Yeah, I gotcha. So anyway, I'm going to go in with my hairy shaved legs. Yeah. And I have so many good doctor stories, though, of just really, really making a mess of myself in front of doctors and just embarrassing myself. Have I ever told you this story? I have I, to, I have I to don't share know. it. I have to share it. I think it is one of the funniest stories that I have to offer. Settle in. But this, children should not this be is in the room. Be, this is my favorite. When people tell you how funny the story they're about to tell you is. <laughs> it's and like, okay, well, I guess I just got to get my popcorn. Yeah, yeah. My Okay, my blanket, my pillow. I'm going to try and I'm going to time myself. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. 25 years old. And I knew that I was going to quit my job. And as a 25-year-old quitting your job, you don't know when your next, uh, you know, like good job's going to come along where you're going to have health insurance. So I made all of my doctor appointments and I call and I say, I don't care I just need to get in to see the doctor so I can get my annual exam taken out of the way. Annual exam, by the way, is a pap smear when women say annual exam. So that's what I'm talking about. Going to have, yeah. So they say, no problem. We've got you scheduled. We'll see you tomorrow morning at like 7.30 a.m. So they basically put me on the books before the clinic opened so that they could see me. I'm there. I'm ready for my annual exam. And in walks a very attractive male doctor that is probably about four years older than me. Mm -hmm. So sitting across I from me is a very attractive 29-year-old man. It's yeah. a good one, right? Sure. Okay. So I'm like, great. This is awesome. And he starts off the appointment with, hi, Mrs. Heck. I was, uh, you know, Miss Migel or whatever my main name is. Uh, it's nice to see you. What can I do for you today? And I kind of wanted to be like, duh, I'm here <laughs> to get an annual, right? Like, and I said, well, I just figured it's 7.30 in the morning. Why don't you take a look at my cookie jar? So inappropriate. <sighs> right? But I was so nervous to begin with. Mm -hmm. And here's this attractive man. And now I'm sweating. And I'm sweating through like the paper gown that they give you. They give you these super unattractive, uncomfortable paper gowns. Mm -hmm. And I'm making spots on the actual like you know, bench that I'm sitting on. Nice. So he's like, okie dokie, let's go ahead and do this. So then he's kind of like fumbling around the room and this is all in hindsight, but he's gathering his tools, whatever it might be. And he gives me my annual pap smear, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm in the continuity of care, even though I had a new job, I went back to see him the second year. And this is, they've changed, uh, you know, annual exams where you don't have to get them every year, but it used to be every year. Go back to so see him no the second year. So they're no longer annual exams. And they're no longer, exactly, they're no longer annual exams. So I go back to see him the second year. And then somewhere along the way, I had like a uh, sports injury of some sort. And um, no, it wasn't a sports injury. I think I went in for my third annual. So this is the third year seeing this, this attractive male. And I'm going to spare you the details of like conversation and whatever, it, you know, the whole exam piece. But now we have built a rapport and trust and I'm talking to him and I notice he's wearing cycling socks and I start a conversation. I was like, oh, 
are you a cyclist? He says, yes, I am a cyclist. And so we start down the path of talking about sports. And he said, and what do you do? And so I start explaining about like what I do. And then I kind of said, well, you know, I would love for my husband, now husband, to do these things with me. But he actually broke his ankle and he's got a bad back, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, you know, you should bring him in to see me. And I was a little taken back. I was like, why would I bring my husband in to see my lady doctor, my OBGYN? This doesn't make any sense. And I, you know, I was like, I, you know, that's really kind, but I, he has a specialist for that. And he said, no, 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 I, I, I am a specialist. And I said, I don't understand what you're saying to me right now. And he said, well, you know, I teach at the University of Washington, um, sports medicine. And I was like, but, and I'm like, so, so confused at this point that this doctor who's, please don't forget that he's deeply attractive, okay? And I'm so nervous, but I'm also like not, it's not a horrible thing to go see an attractive doctor for your annual visit. Um, And he said, I am a sports medicine doctor. And my mouth hit the floor. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I specialize in, you know, like sports medicine. I actually work with the Seahawks and blah, blah, blah. And I could not tell you the amount of silence that ensued in that room. And I said, I'm so confused right now. You're not an OBGYN. He said, no, you are the only person I have been giving annual exams to for the last three years. And I've had, I have always wondered why you come back to see me. And I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to cry. I'm still in this paper gown. Now I'm sweating. Oh, it's like man. now dark pink because every part of it is wet. Oh, so this poor guy, I'm sure I would love to hear his story of he's like, there was this time where this one young girl kept coming back uh. to see me for her annual exams. And I swear to you, all I work on is like hips, ankles. Anyway, that's my story. And I hope you enjoy it. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that you broke your foot, maybe. Yeah. Thursday. What's Ankle. today? Today's Thursday. And it's a sad day. Yeah. It is a sad day. I'm super grumpy. Yeah. But that story actually made me feel better. Good. Yeah, because yeah. in two days it's gonna be a Saturday. It's <laughs> oh, you're working around that one, weren't you? I did. Yeah. Is that a Zach original or is that something you heard a while back? No, you I shot claim it. it. I shot it. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I'm falling apart. My eye won't stop twitching. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I got a green screen that won't work. I got all sorts of things to complain about. Uh, what's happening in your life? Um, do you remember how when we first started asking people to review the podcast, where we got a Uh-oh. negative podcast uh, or negative review and they were all mad about how we talked about the Women's World Cup? No. Yeah. This one guy was like, I turned that on and all they did was talk about the World Cup for 10 minutes. And I was like, oh no, because all I want to do right now is talk about the World Cup. And I think that Matt, that guy's going to be mad. Well, I mean, we haven't even hit 10 minutes into the podcast, so we still have some time. I wonder what percentage of our folks actually fast forward. I mean, there's no like magic amount of time, but in my podcasts that I listen to, I always fast forward because I know that they do like their their ad reads at the very beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, boop, 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 five minutes in, I know we're going to get to content. Um. So, A, the Women's World Cup, I'm obsessed, of course. I've been watching that nonstop. I don't need to talk about it. But speaking of podcasts, I found one that I think is hilarious that I want to recommend. In fact, I want to have them on the podcast. Okay. It's a podcast called- It's going to have nothing to do with marriages. I guarantee it. Sort of. Sort of does. 
Mm-hmm. It's a true crime podcast. Yeah, that's called... such a stretch. That is such a stretch. That... Oh, you haven't even let me finish. Okay, go on. It's called Who Shat on the Floor at My Weddings. <laughs> shat? Who shat on the floor at my wedding? And okay. they say it all the time. Did you shat on the floor? Who shat on the floor? Did you shit? Did you see the shit? Because this couple got married on a boat. And at the end of the wedding in the bathroom, there was shit on the floor. And they didn't know who did it or how it happened. So they they decided to make a podcast out of it. It is hilarious. Hold on, hold on. That's the only thing they talk about? That is is they're the, they try to solve the crime of who shot on the floor at my wedding. Is it two episodes long? It's about nine episodes long. And that's it? Yeah. Okay, spoiler alert. Do they solve the crime? I'm not done with the podcast yet. Do they bring other people on? Do they investigate? They, like, interview, they, they, they interview guests from the podcast. I mean, guests from the wedding. From the and wedding. They, they talk right. to like a real detective and get detect- the real detective's advice about how to do the investigation. And, okay. Um, that's that's funny, but I don't know if that's... I People email us every single day, Zach, and they say, hey, I've got this person that I think yeah. would be a great fit. And yeah. I, every single day, email them back and say, I don't think it's going to be a great fit. And if they were to hear... I want to tell you something else. Yes. With apologies to all those people who want to be on the podcast, um, I... I'm happy to, um, obviously we have some great guests from time to time. I forgot to tell you this. I asked two people to be on the podcast. Um, and I haven't heard back from them yet. Well, it's because here's something you guys don't know that I learned about Zach is that Zach, um, I believe what you call it is like, I call it stalking, but you call it something different. Making connections. Networking. Networking. <laughs> So Zach networks with folks by continually sending them direct messages to their Instagram. It's not creepy at all. Not at all. All right. Well, listen, Neil Patrick Harris. I invited Neil Patrick Harris to be I'm on the podcast. I'm watching him right now because yeah. my son just started a show that's really cute. It's like a series of unfortunate events. Let me just think like it, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I belonged to his like email exchange thing and he just turned 50 and I was like, I just turned 50. You should come on the podcast. And we wait, should wait, talk wait. About turning Did 50. you call it an email exchange as if it's a two way street? I believe <laughs> well, he it's sends me called... emails. He sends yes. me emails. Oh, yeah. Zach, you so are I, a hoot. I replied to the emails and I was like, I want to talk to Neil Patrick Harris about his relationship and about his, his ideas, but he, he hasn't written me back yet. I think he's kind of busy. But you, you want to know who else I invited? Me up. Email exchange. Even the way that your brain interprets the the one way communication is <laughs> hilarious. Do you want to know who else I invited? Uh, who? Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. Oh, shut up! Shut up! I just guessed it. I swear <laughs> to you, I just guessed it. Did I not? You, you heard were it. saying Bar- I did. I sent Barack and Michelle Obama an email through their website. <laughs> Why did they not respond back I, to me? I was like, I know you guys are probably busy. <laughs> But I think it would be really cool if you told people about your relationship. Why don't you come on our podcast? On our it's been about six years. Anyway, I'm hunting elephants. I'm hunting elephants. Okay, you have an interesting way of hunting these elephants. Assuming that the elephants want to be hunted, that is the assumption that you have. Listen, one day it's going to land. One day I'm going to say, "Hey, guess who I got?" Mm -hmm. And you're going to you're going to you're going to go, "Holy cow! Holy moly!" That was a really great hustle for the last six years. Well, I'm still putting it out there. Um, but the the difference between you and me is that I'm simply saying to the masses, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has been my jam for many years. Yeah. And this is not the first time that you've heard me put it out there. If you know no. Jake, uh, give him my number. You can find it on any website and just have him send me a sweet little text message or call me. Call me. 
There's probably some sort of like ailment that he could look at, and I will assume he's a doctor. Has he ever played a doctor? No. Okay, let's get to some content. Let's get this show on the road. I am so pumped to tell you about a product that my family has been using weekly this year, Factor Meals. Now, even though I do love to cook and get creative in the kitchen, this is sacred time that I rarely get anymore. And that's why I've enlisted the help of Factor Meals. So Factor Meals are freshly prepared, never frozen, zero prep meals at your fingertips in literally just two minutes. That's all it takes to reheat. So here's how Factor Meals go in my household. I will get a shipment of six fresh meals, all individually packaged. They are beautifully stacked in my fridge at eye level so that they are the first thing that my hubby and child reach for when they're hungry. With both husband and I working from home, we're able to stay on track with our keto meal plan by lunching with Factor Meals. And my always hangry kiddo will often have a Factor Meal after school instead of a face full of chips. I'm telling you, it is no wonder that Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. Each week, you have 35 different meals to choose from, whether it be keto or vegan or dairy-free or low-cal, Factor has got you covered. Head over to factormeals.com slash MTR50. Use the code MTR50 to get 50% off. That's MTR50 at factormeals.com slash MTR50 to get 50% off. I'm feeling better already. This is see, great news. See what happens when you talk to me? I I'm know. good at my job. Makes me feel better to make fun of you. That's okay. I have a boundary between your making fun of me and my sense of self. Oh. Did you talk to your therapist about that? Do I ever make it into the therapy room? I would say I've been with my therapist for four years. Mm-hmm. And I might have talked about you twice. But it was it like in passing, like a five-minute It was like thing? I went to Germany with Laura. And then you talked about Germany, but not Laura. Well, there's some parts of Germany that you're a part of, but yeah. no, you're not a main character in my therapy time. Oh, that's a... That you should write compliment. in Christmas. That's a compliment. You should write that in a Christmas card. Just I want do, you to know, I've been in therapy for four years and I hardly ever talk about you. I was, when I rolled my ankle, I was actively processing something. And I kept thinking, this is good for you, Laura. Like, keep processing. Just keep running. You're going to work through this. But the one thing that I did come to is I'm really, oh man, I don't even want to talk. Actually, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't, I, it's, it makes my eye twitch, but I'm actively working on processing some stuff. And a lot of it is means that I'm needing to put myself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. and get over whatever I'm experiencing. Like if I'm experiencing any sort of like pain or injustice or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, I have to set that on the shelf because the only way out of it is for me to say, how must this person be feeling? There's got to be a reason that they're interacting with me in this way. There has to be. And that's been the process that I've been going through. And it was going great until I rolled my ankle. Mm. Now I'm grumpy and stuck. I think, I think though, that you're onto something. I mean, I've been doing this a lot. Uh, I've sort of switched gears a little bit in my practice to kind of focus on this theory that I have, which is that everything is made up. Okay. Can I talk to you about that? Everything is mm-hmm. made up. None of it is real. It, none of it. It's part of actually what I feel at having gone to Germany and Korea. It's like we we just made this thing up. We made up what land was important. We made up what language was going to sound like. We made up what what personalities our country or or you know we just made it up. We had reasons for making it up, 
you know, because we lived on an island or because we lived really close to countries that threatened us or because, you know, there's all kinds of things, but none of it is real. Um, and so when it comes to, particularly when it comes to clients in my office, when they start talking about, let's see, what was the story yesterday? The story yesterday was they were having guests over uh, for dinner and she was preparing and he sat down to play the piano to like to play the piano while they were getting ready for their dinner party. Yeah. And she was like, that's not how you do it. I grew up in a military family and we all do it this way until it's ready. And when the dinner is ready, then you can play the piano. Okay. He was like, Mm -hmm. well, I grew up in a musical family. And when you're in a musical family, music is part of the getting ready. And it's the ambiance of how you create the the tone Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. spirit of the event. Yeah. And I was like, you know, both of those are just made up. Like you Neither just made of them are right. They just made them up. And yeah. so, and so what I started have started to say is you got to make up a third thing because the reality is you totally. no longer live in a military family and you no longer live in a musical family. Yes. You live in this other family. Yeah. And you got to make something else up. And when you, when you have options, like you're walking along and you're processing your thing and you have an option, you have options about what to make up. Mm-hmm. You can make up stuff that is generous or you can make up stuff that is really selfish. You know, and so for her, for example, yeah, she could have, she, she had an opportunity to make up, uh, this guy, he can't, he doesn't help. And look at me, woe is me. And I have a problem. And now he's the source of my problem. She could also have made up. Wow. I'm really glad that this man lives in my house and plays music. I never had music in my house and totally, I still need help with the dishes, but isn't it cool that there's this thing? She could have made that up. And yeah. in either case, she now is directing traffic for how the rest of it goes. And by the way, he had an opportunity to make stuff up too, because she was like, can you help me with this stuff? And he was like, ah, can't you see? You know, like he made up this nagging wife of mine who doesn't mm-hmm. ever let me experience joy mm-hmm. is trying to take me away from it. She made that up and then yep. they had a fight. Yep. He could have made up, oh, my my wife who works so hard needs a little bit of extra help and I could, you know what I mean? So I, I'm all about like just really examining what are we making up and why are we making it up and what mm-hmm. options are available as we make stuff up. The thing that came into my mind, and I do this a lot with couples, is the question mark of what happens when you have two people that are paired and each of you have your own story. And what you said is you need to make up a third thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing in my practice <clears throat> is a couple of things. One is that I say, we need to make up a third thing. Mm-hmm. And they say, but we've been doing this dance for 10 years of, and it goes back to the book. Um, there's three things. I need you to be more like me. I need you oh, to be more like um, my family. We've had this we, fight before. Exactly. Um, so that kind of popped into my head, right? Like I need you to, we're having this argument because I need you to be more like me Mm -hmm. and like my family, how we Mm -hmm. did it with this example that you gave. But what I'm hearing people say is, well, we usually just sort of give in to her because she has the most level of anxiety and I, I'm more laissez faire. So you have two people that partner and one person gets really spun up about this makes me really uncomfortable. Um, and let's just say, for example, that it's her. And so she says, I need you to stop playing the piano and come and help me because this is the way that we do it. And if you don't come and help me, I'm going to get really anxious before the guests come over and I need this done, this done, this done. 
And so rather than him expressing his needs, he goes, well, you know what? She's the squeaky wheel. She's the one that has the most level of anxiety. And I tend to be a little more laissez-faire. Is it that big of a deal if I don't play the piano and create ambiance? Eh, probably not. And it's just because they're different, different mm -hmm. human beings. Like yeah. it ruffles her feathers a whole lot more. And so mm -hmm. for the last 10 years, he's been just sort of like acquiescing to her because she's she tends to get more anxious or she you know, has more of a voice or more power or whatever it might be. What do you do in those situations? Because I'm seeing that show up a lot. And what I end up finding with him, and this goes a little bit into maybe the previous conversation with we had about like this nice guy syndrome, but I don't think it's about being a nice guy. I think it's just temperament and that there tends to be resentment that builds into that conversation. I've been giving in to you for the last 10 years because you get more anxious, more depressed, like you're maybe you're, what am I trying to say? Polybagel, your neuro... Your nervous system. Your nervous your, system. Your right? constitution like is... Yeah. Maybe your nervous system gets way more activated and fired up than me, or I have more coping skills. And so my discomfort, I just cope with it. Um, so I think that's something that I want to ask you about is what do you do when you say, come up with this third thing, like make some kind of an agreement and then they go into it and... The story is that we just have been doing what she wants to do for the last 10 years because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it won't surprise anyone that I think this has to begin at the level of personal responsibility, like responsibility. You have an ability to respond. And typically what I'm, the more I kind of lean into this stuff, the more I'm realizing that like usually when we are responding in ways that are unrelational, that are not that are not helpful and that don't lead to intimacy, it's because we're responding out of some adaptation that we've made as sure. children. Like we learn from about zero to 10 that the world is broken, doesn't work. Like I'm hungry and I don't get fed immediately or I have a, I'm cold and where's my blanket? And, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work because of trauma. Some of those traumas are lowercase traumas. Like my dad worked all the time or my mom was Right. You know, over dependent, over functioning, you know, and some of those traumas are capital T traumas. Like, I don't know, sexually abused or my parents were alcoholics or my brother had special needs. Like there can be this, this major thing. And so then, then from about 10 to 20, we learn how to make that pain go away. We, we create adaptations that help us like not do that. And we get really good at them. We get really good at these strategies. So again, either over functioning or maybe I, become a teacher's pet, or maybe I learned how to go to my room and read or whatever. And then we become adults and those strategies that we're really good at and that helped us out a lot, they're no longer, they're no longer relevant. They're no longer valid. And so to me, the conversation in my office, when we start to go, well, this is how, and I just felt, and I needed to go and I go, well, who's doing that? Like, who, who is that? How old are you in that space? Sure. And what would it mean for you to actually accept and adopt that you're now a 35 year old or 45 year old or 55 year old or I have the cutest, they're 80, they're 80, 80 year old clients, 80 and 82, I think. And they're coming in what a to joy. work it out, <laughs> you know, what a joy. Like to figure it out. And I'm like, why are you here? Like, aren't yeah. you just trying to stay alive? You know? You know what? 
Let's all hope that we have the capacity to say, of all the things I'm going to make better in my life, my relationship is one of those things that's like a high priority. Yeah. That you're not focused on your health or you're not focused on, you know, like being able to pay off your social security or whatever, pay off your social security. (laughs) That's not a thing, but yeah. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) It might be by the time we are supposed to be collecting. No, but I think back to my, my point, like, um, I think it starts at the level of personal responsibility. And in order to respond, you have to appreciate and understand that that response needs to be a response to the adaptation that you're, yeah. that you're making. And then how can you, how do you begin the conversation about where do, how do we, how do we meet in the middle or meet together as functional adults in the process? So here, the thing that I'm thinking about is, I don't know why I'm making her the, the person that's like, you know, having an experience that she's saying, you know, I get really anxious when when people come over to the house and it's a lot of heavy lifting that you're explaining in this scenario of being able to say to your partner, I'm having a response. That response is adaptive. It's probably not serving me right now. Mm-hmm. So she's saying, I'm super anxious and I need you to stop what you're doing and come my direction. Come do whatever is going to help relieve my anxiety the heavy lifting is for her to say, actually, you can develop some tools, some coping mechanisms that support you current day. Is that what you're saying? You switched pronouns there. So I wasn't sure what you're saying. She oh. can, I think, she, I think I can say to her, okay, yes, you can develop some tools. Like this uh-huh. is, this is, this is a thing that you can actually practice. Yeah. And I, and I think it's exciting. I, I personally, I think it's exciting. Yeah. You can kind of latch onto this notion a little bit and go, oh, you know, how would, what what would be a five-year-old response to me? What would be a 15-year-old response to me? What would be a 25, 35 mm-hmm. now that I'm 45? Like, what would be the, what would be like, who, what if I showed up here the way I actually wanted to versus the way I just had a lot of muscle memory for? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we do this for lots of reasons. Did I tell you I was taking tennis lessons this summer? I'm taking tennis lessons from this kid at my pool, but. Um, no, but I would have paid money to watch that. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. Fascinating. Six, 17-year-old kid. And he's, he's been great for me, but you know, part of what he's, he taught me even the first day, he's like, number one, I noticed you're not keeping, you're not looking at the ball. And I was like, oh, that's a thing because you're supposed to do in sports just keep your eye on the ball. Right. It's like basic sports. Okay. Okay. But then the other one is my forehand, my elbow is like up against my ribs Mm -hmm. all the time. That's how I learned Mm -hmm. how to play tennis. So he's got me straightening my arm. Yeah. Um, There's a metaphor in here somewhere about how if you want to hit the ball better, you got to move away from it because if you're going to straighten your arm, you have to move. But anyway, that's another time. You haven't like... I haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah. The other part that he taught me is if I'm trying to serve the ball down over the net, I have to hit it up. That's super weird. So, um, but not my point. My point is when I'm playing tennis and I get tired, like if I've been playing for about an hour, my elbow comes into my hip, even in spite of my lesson. And unless I go, wait, what did Sam say? Oh yeah. Sam say, move away from the ball, straighten your arm, keep your eye on it, you know, move through like, and then I can reset and I can go. I can start hitting the ball again, even if I'm tired, but I have to yeah. be that much more conscious of it. But my mm-hmm. muscle memory, my adaptation that I learned truly right. as an adolescent right. was to swing my forehand with my elbow against my hip, my rib cage. Yeah. yeah. And so that alone has helped me like um, kind of do that in my office, which is to go, hey, when you can notice that your elbow is against your rib cage or when you notice that you're starting to behave in a way you don't want to behave sure, in a way that's not relational. You got to go back and remember your training, what we said, what, like what you learned in therapy or what you learned mm-hmm. in the podcast that you listened to or what you learned. And I think that that it, on the tennis court for me, that's really a moment of going, ah, 
it's not working. Okay, wait, what? I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, pull it together for a little bit. You're tired. Go ahead and and figure out, go ahead and give yourselves a few more swipes. And the way I've been, honestly, the way I've been telling clients to get that extra time, like that, that extra space mm-hmm. is when you're in an argument that's not going well, just yeah. say to your partner, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to pee. Just I will be, give them I'll be enough back. time to be able to reset. I'll be back. And then you go to the bathroom and you stay there as long as you need to, to sort of cycle through your, your, the things that you're learning, like, right. And if you're, if you're only going to try it out in response to this podcast, cycle through and, and go through, like, think about what you made up. I made this up about him. And like, what other options do I have in terms of what I can make up? Yeah. And I think if those options are based in gratitude and generosity, Mm -hmm. you have a lot more hope for repair. And she was like, so she, I said this to her yesterday, this couple about the, the piano. And she goes, well, if he says, I got to go to the bathroom, I, what, how do I not just like circle the bathroom door until he is ready to come out? Like, yeah. I'm just going to be like, and I was like, that's a great question. What if you chose a gratitude? Like, huh? I'm so glad that I'm not in this fight right now. I'm so grateful that, that I have this second to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm, Start mm-hmm. with gratitude. Yeah. And then, and then maybe move to generosity. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to totally. give him the, the opportunity to play the piano or to, to I'm going to give him the opportunity to explain why he, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. gratitude and generosity, you make that up mm-hmm. and things, things shift. And, and, and it is practice. It is yeah. absolutely 100% practice. I, I've actually done this. I mean, we had this conversation a while ago and I kind of, I think I even explained on the podcast, if not to my clients, that, that I took a moment where I had a, a drive, where I got into it with my husband. I said mm-hmm. some hurtful things and then I got into the car because I had to go somewhere. And between the amount of time that I was in the vehicle and when I got to the location I was at was about 20 minutes, which we know is about how long it takes for you to sort of reset from the inside. But not only with my body resetting and sort of returning back to my logical brain because I was in an emotional state, which is fine. Emotions are amazing, but sometimes they can hijack you. Yeah. I remember you saying practice gratitude. And so for 20 minutes, all I thought about was all the ways in which my husband is a phenomenal man outside of the relationship. So mm-hmm. I was thinking what, how he's an amazing provider. I was thinking about how he's an amazing parent all of these things and just thinking about those pieces of who he is, not about the relationship, because it was really hard for me to tap into gratitude when Uh it was relational between the two of us. Uh But I could tap into how he's a really awesome son to his his mom and Uh how he's really an amazing golfer and he's dedicated and blah, 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 all these things. So that really helped me. So I remember that piece. I'm just thinking about capacity. Like, when do we have the capacity to do that if we're already at a place where we're just overwhelmed with anything else? It takes a lot of capacity and hard work to tap into gratitude, a lot of capacity and hard work to do something different. I'm actually reading these books that's talking about how we become just a a nation that's constantly looking for the easy way out and comfort. Uh And what you're saying to me is, you might be experiencing some discomfort, some friction in your relationship because you're relying on these old adaptive ways mm-hmm. of responding that doesn't serve you in your relationship. But the comfort is that I've been doing this thing 
adaptively for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. That's comfort. Yeah. And well, it's easy. It doesn't take any work. Like It doesn't take any work. Yeah. And so the only, it's like you might feel comfortable leaning into this adaptive habit, but what's uncomfortable is when it rubs against your partner and the two of you are creating friction. And so that has to create enough friction for you to say, it's actually going to be easier for you to learn a new habit or a, a new adaptive way to be able to respond to your partner. I'm just, I don't know, like I'm, I'm finding so many, um, like, how do we get around the resistances? <laughs> well, it's, it's too uh, hard. It's not too hard. It, and, uh, you know, uh, I think again, part of how you get around it is you decide this is exciting. This is going to be fun. Like I'm going to see what, I'm going to see what options are available. What else is on the menu? Cause I've been okay. eating off a pretty limited menu for a while. Yeah. And there's bound to be something on here that, that tastes or feels better, that is actually better, healthier for me and fills me up. Like, I think that can be fun to cruise the menu for st stuff that you haven't done and just try it out. Literally, yeah. it's all made up. So who cares? And I think what you'll find is that when you choose generosity and gratitude, and I'm not even talking about like, be thankful for what you have. I'm just saying, I wonder what is possible to be thankful for here. This guy's driving me fucking bonkers. And what, but I wonder what opportunity is available to me. Thank yeah. you for letting me use my new skills. Mm -hmm. Thank you for teaching me that I too am a part of like that. If I'm going to be change anything, I have to take responsibility for myself because you're not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can even be sort of, but, but you can, if you start there, then so many, so much more opens up to you, which I think is just kind of mm -hmm. fun to play with. Yeah. And what I've been telling, you know, I, I, I couldn't remember if I'd said this in the podcast before or not, but the, the reality is when you decide in your head to make stuff up, it actually does. The other person doesn't matter. And I don't mean they don't matter. Like they don't matter. But I mean, like if you make up the benevolent story about them and, and meet them with that. Yeah. It doesn't matter how they came to you. Cause what are you going to do? What are they going to do? They're not going to double down and be like, no, you can't be nice to me right now. Yeah. And this, I'm still going to be a big jerk. <laughs> you know, like usually, even if they, even if they have, done something wrong or they're grappling with their own internal shame or their own adaptation is rearing its head and you meet it with gentleness and like generosity and curiosity. Yeah. I, uh, it doesn't have anywhere to go. It doesn't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a gal in my practice who, whose husband thinks she's loud and I was, and she is loud. I, okay. I was, when she was in my office by herself, she was talking and I was, I heard myself get loud and I was like, Oh, I'm just totally matching your voice. And, I, and we talked about it. I was like, how long have you been loud? Yeah. She goes, I think I was loud forever. Like I'm always loud. I walk loud and I bang stuff around and I just have a, so your volume, your volume starts at like an eight. She was like, yeah, I mean, six, eight. And he's starts at like two, four. I was sure. like, what do you, why don't you just, why don't you try it out? Try out. Just like, just try it out. Try lowering your voice like this and yeah. see what happens. You know, like maybe he'll, you know, who knows? I wasn't trying to correct her. I was like, just try it out. What's if he matches you and he gets big when you get big, why don't you just practice? And then, but I think you're talking about the resentments and, and I think this whole, I think I'm trying to answer a question about resentments. And for me, one of the ways that you get around resentment is you decide that this is just part of an adventure that, that I'm on called life. And mm -hmm. I can either make it easier or make it worse. And I can be 80 and make it better if I want to, you know, like. So I, I want to take everything that you just shared and I'll I'll give you an example. And I, this is someone in my life. And this is what I was r running and, and processing. 
And what I said is that the only way that I could get through my side, which was I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling criticized, I'm feeling like I'm not enough, is to pause long enough to say, okay, those are interesting stories. I mean, that's uh-huh. those were the feelings that I was having. Uh-huh. But what's a story that I can make up about this other person that's going to help me understand why why they're responding to me in yeah. this way? Yeah. Because I'm definitely feeling criticized, and I probably was. Um, and so running along, and I start making up this story of, okay, they're criticizing me because they want something better. And criticism is interesting. Like when people... What they were doing is they were offering all this advice, right? Like, mm-hmm. you should consider this. Think about it in this way. Have you thought about this? You should mm-hmm. do it this way. And remember, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dang, why are you telling me all the ways in which I'm failing? Why are you giving me all this advice? Can you just tell me that I'm doing a good enough job and that I'm smart and intelligent and thoughtful and all these things? But they weren't. And so got off the phone and I was like, dang, I feel so criticized. And then I started to make up this story about them. And I, the story that I made up is that they find value in supporting other people. Hmm. And so really this sure. criticism is by offering advice, what they're doing is they're actually wanting to support me. Yeah. And they want to help me and they want to alleviate any sort of pain that I might be experiencing or roadblocks. And so by offering advice to me, um, that's their way of helping and supporting. And it's also the only way in their life that they have been able to show love for other people uh-huh. or that it's been received by other people. And so as I'm telling this story, I find that I'm starting to, my own like feelings are, are starting to subside. Okay, I don't feel uh-huh. as attacked. Okay, it's uh-huh. coming from a place of love. Yeah. And so that's really what was going on is as I was running, I'm processing, but the only way I could process was how do I create a new story about uh-huh. this person in my life that is filled with generosity uh-huh. and it gives them the benefit of the doubt and yeah. really holds them up rather yeah. than putting them down. Yeah, and then you get to say, hey, I just want you to know, like, I really appreciate you helping me troubleshoot this thing. Like, it really goes a lot. It helps me out a lot. I didn't appreciate it. But, I didn't. But also, like, it, kind of, it doesn't work for me. That that way doesn't exactly work for me. Like, I wonder if we can break, like, could we, could we take a different strategy? Because I think you've got really good ideas, but I'm not going to be, like, my own self isn't ready to mm-hmm. hear some of that. You know what I mean? Like, you can sort of do both, right? You can yeah. kind of appreciate both. And the reality is, that's her adaptation. I'm assuming, I don't know if it's a her or not, but like- sure. That's her adaptation. She learned to make the pain go away, to fix uh-huh. it. Yep. And so she's she's doing what she's really, really good at. Totally. And it doesn't work for you. Mm-mm. And, they, and they probably don't even know that it doesn't work for me. Totally. It probably works for everybody else in their life and people feel love and they feel or they go away to and all of that. So I think the response to that is, you know, I'm really, I'm feeling so loved that you care enough to try and troubleshoot these things with me. And at the same time, it's just not received the same way that I think you're intending it. Because the way that I receive it is, I hear you're not good enough to think about these things on your own. You're not Mm -hmm. doing a good enough job. And that just kind of sends me into a spiral. It's not about you. It's about me. And so... I know you're trying to show me love. Here's how I receive love. That's kind of where I've landed as far as how I would circle back. Yeah. And that's the, you called it a dance earlier. That's the dance. You're trying to reorganize the dance because we keep stepping on each other's toes or because it turns out I'm really good at, I actually think we're doing the cha-cha and you think we're doing the waltz. Like that's weird. We should, we should probably do this other thing. Like I think resetting, say, I got to pee. I Sorry. I'm so sorry. I got to pee. 
and then let's reset the whole thing. And maybe you're like, you come out of the bathroom and go, what were we talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry. I don't have the energy to get spun up about that again, but um, sure. tell me what, tell me what you really need right now. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's so many options, but I think you have to start with the reality that, that mostly I'm making it up and it's, mm-hmm. and it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm, if, if that's true, if you buy that premise, then why don't you just start making up stuff that's more benevolent? Make up something better. Yeah. Hmm. I do that with you sometimes because I, I think I have a, um, I think I have a, just like a bias in me that everything that comes at me is, is a criticism. So you'll say yeah. tomorrow's podcast, let's talk. Like that was the, I think what you sent me yesterday. Huh. And I, my, my first thing in my brain was like, okay, fine. Talk. That's like the sound of what came into my brain. Uh-huh. Great. What do you yeah. want to talk about? It's the same as it always is. We meet at eight and da-da-da. But then you were like, is this the da-da-da? And then I was like, yep, that's it. And I just, in my brain, I just sort of said, yeah. And I think you actually asked me to do that once. You're like, can you just assume that I'm like asking you with my sing-songy voice? And I was like, sure, I could try that out. You know, it's so, I don't, again, it's way more about me than it is about you necessarily. But it's another example of just where like, I saved myself a lot of misery. Right. By not deciding that, you were being critical, you know? So, totally. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, it's not a total story that you're making up because that is the, of the four horsemen. Criticism is something that I, and contempt, like I, I definitely. Oh like, yeah, I totally. No, you. I know. That's why I talked about you in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> to my therapist. <laughs> like I mock you. I, I make jokes about like at your expense and like, yes, it's definitely critical. So the fact that you go toward creating a story that is uh, putting me in that light, uh, I can see why that's occurring. And I think it is really helpful for you to just assume the best until I completely screw yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs> I was working really hard in Germany. In fact, I um, I don't know if you even noticed, but it wasn't. we got on the plane on the way home and I just turned to you and I said, I'm going to need you to stop. Oh, I, I don't remember. To... Was I fidgeting? No, you were complaining and criticizing things like you? this it, yeah i can't oh, believe dang. you got the seats too close to the bathroom that's what it was oh, yeah, oh we're gonna yeah, have fun yeah, yeah. smelling the thing all the way home and i was like yes i'm, I'm gonna need you to stop yeah like yeah <laughs> i'm done with the nitpicking about everything so oh but that gosh. was good that was hard work that, that was that was me just kind of deciding to make uh-huh. stuff up well the good news is is that <clears throat> it doesn't take much for me to my husband did this recently where he, it's, I just need direct feedback. I need you to yeah. say this right here is not working yeah, well for yeah, me. Fine. Um, because, and I will tell you the direct feedback goes over so much better. It gets my attention. I think <laughs> sure. everybody, everybody's got to be like that. Um, but Maybe, yeah, I said, not my something, kids. <laughs> said something to my husband. My 20 year old wife isn't like that. You, oh, she's not. She doesn't want no. the direct feedback. No. You got oh. to circle the wagons and circle them and circle them. No. And then you got to write it down and then you got to, then you got to. Tell me this here right at this very moment is yeah. not working for me. I don't, I don't like the tone that you're using. Yeah. Uh, Ryan has said that to me a couple of times because I've just been in a state of just absolute, my brain is fried and I have not been showing up as my best self the last few weeks. And it just hasn't been fun for me either. But he said very directly I don't like the tone that you're using mm. with me. It sounds yeah. critical. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you so much uh, for sharing that with me. I will 100% make changes to make you feel better. Oh my gosh. Like I just, so much better to get that direct feedback. Okay, we gotta, we gotta land this. We gotta we, go, yeah. 
Uh, Thank you in advance, everyone, for recognizing that uh, whatever showed up today for Laura Heck is a bit of a not a lot's making a whole lot of sense in my head these days, but I still showed up. um, And hopefully Zach was able to provide some (laughs) solid information for you. Let me also provide. Let me just do two housekeeping things. Um, Number one is. uh, If you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and review it on Apple uh, iTunes and give us five stars because. There's a thing that's happening that uh, I would be grateful if you went and drove our number up a little bit because of that, especially because of that guy with the World Cup who didn't like the World Cup. So we want to really bounce him up. The and second it's one totally is totally fine if you say Zach is amazing. We and you only talked about Zach. You don't even have to write I, anything. Just click the five star so our little average star. goes up. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I, I mentioned last week that Rebecca and I took a workshop, a marriage workshop that we, we have found immensely valuable. And then we signed up for another thing that we're doing in a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited about it. And in one case, it was like a thousand bucks. And the second case is more like a hundred bucks. And I just think like we have this workshop coming up in October and I think, what is it? 450 bucks or something. I don't sure. know exactly. It's but less than that for early. You guys, yeah. it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it to sit mm-hmm. down with your partner for a day and a half and just yeah. focus on you. Um, like if the price tag is a big deal, just trust me. Like I sp- I've spent now a thousand and a hundred and I don't know if I know the difference, but $400 or whatever it is, is a great deal. And it's, if you're thinking about it, let me tell you, like it's worth it. So hmm. sign up for the workshop. If you're, if you're even kind of half thinking about it, it's in October and um, go on, on iTunes. Our website, and, um, Radio on the right hand side, click on the five stars and yeah. uh yeah, that's it. Sorry okay. that we rambled a little bit today, but it was actually kind of fun. <laughs> I like talking. Okay. We're landing it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So Zach was talking about our fall intensive. It's on October 20th and 21st. It's actually at the early bird rate. So it's $3.95 right now. Um, it does go up to $4.50 after August 30th. So if you're hearing this in real time, just go and read a little bit of information on the website. But more importantly, it's not about necessarily what we show up, although we have phenomenal content. We're going through the seven principles for making marriage work. Um, It's really about the experience that you have just focusing and dedicating on your relationship for eight hours with your with your partner. That's the experience that we are chasing and um, and creating for you. So you can find that information on marriagetherapyradio.com right hand side. Actually, at the top, if you just click on workshops, you'll find that information. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.